So welcome back to the Beast Gang podcast. And today we are talking about Indiana Jones and the Dollar Destiny. It's directed by James Mangold. What is it? The Wolverine? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I like like that. He kind of gets a lot of flack for certain things. Like he did Night and Day. That Tom Cruise. That was a good movie. I liked it. No. I actually liked that movie. I liked it. Come on, dude. Yeah, but he. You liked Night and Day? No, I didn't. I liked it. But I think the first time I recognized him was like Copland. He had done that. He had done that movie Identity that James and I talk about. Like that movie's great. Christian Bale movie, 310 to Yuma. Like that is also him. So he does stuff. Also done like Four versus Ferrari, but he does good stuff. So like current thing about this movie is obviously Disney's kind of reaching back through his catalog. Lucasfilm, secondly, is reaching back through his catalog and trying to pull things from the past. So this one came out and it was like, okay, what are you doing? But nevertheless, it's directed by James Mangold. The writers are Des Butterworth, John Henry Butterworth, David Kilp. And it stars Harrison Ford in his eighties, almost eighties at this point, Phoebe Bridge Waller. Also, I forgot Phoebe Bridge Waller was in solo. She was the voice of the robot. I mean, Disney keeps using the same people. <laughs> yeah, if you're in the house with a mouse, you just you're in everything, and that's just how they operate now. And Antonio, I feel Band- like he's 82. Yeah, and Antonio Banderas, and the synopsis is: archaeologist Indiana Jones races against the time to retrieve a legendary artifact that can change the course of history. It starts off basically with a de-aged Harrison Ford, and it looks really good what you would kind of consider to be like maybe the last act of a movie. It is Indiana Jones. He's getting captured by Nazis thirties, forties. That's kind of the time period that most of these movies have been in. He's captured by Nazis and they ask him like why he's there. But then you also have Toby Jones, who is also working with Indiana Jones. They're looking for a certain dagger or artifact. And during the course of that, they find this clock that is Archimedes clock or something. And they try to get away with it, but then they kind of run into a couple of different people technically trying to get away with it. Maz Mikkelsen is technically a bad German in this movie, German scientist that he's also after this clock. So it's already in German possession. Indiana Jones is trying to get away with it in the highest with Toby Jones wind up dropping it into the water during the course of this and wind up escaping. So then maybe like late sixties, early seventies, Indiana Jones is kind of a professor at this point that going to work, doing a daily grind. His students aren't really engaged in his course. And then he starts hearing Phoebe Bridge Waller. Yeah, she starts giving all the correct answers because none of the students did the homework or read and could give a shit. Yeah. But it turns out that Phoebe Bridge Waller is Toby Jones's daughter. She's after the Archimedes clock, or like whatever it's called, the dial, Archimedes dial. And dial of it, destiny. Yeah, that is supposed to have some power, and that kind of leads off into a larger story. So, like, also in this is Boyd Hallbrook playing a typical Boyd Hallbrook role of yep. I'm the bad guy working for the, the other bad guy. So, Big Mike, how do you feel about Indiana Jones' Dial of Destiny? The movie started off strong to me. That um, first 20 minutes is really, really, really good. Yeah, it's really solid. Like, I was thoroughly entertained. And that's not to say that the rest of the movie is not entertaining at all. 
But that first 20 months was just really, really strong. And mind you, I'm going in kind of skeptical. I'm just like... All the fervor the internet says this movie sucks. Like, plain and simple. Yeah, that was one thing. And then it was also like the big nostalgia fest. So I kind of expected to go in with every last little tidbit being some throwback and nostalgic type moment. Just at the point of like, you did Crystal Skull. Shy is untouchable, so we know he's not going to show up like you did the son thing, but now your son's not going to exist. And I'm just like, Yeah, they kill him off. You know, why are we even doing this fifth one other than to me, it sounds like one Disney doing what Disney does is always reach back to old shit and try to do something else with it and make some money off of it. But two, I'm like, All right, here's for like 82. I guess it's like a final send off type thing. Maybe I'm like, Killing off all of his characters, i.e., Han Solo died. I don't think the movie was bad. I honestly enjoyed this. I honestly enjoyed it more than Crystal Skull because, one, I remember what Keith said before about Crystal Skull one time. He pointed out the fact that instead of it being Nazis, it was Russians. Yeah. And Indiana Jones has always been Nazis. So I damn near listened to podcast heard him and said, all right, don't do that again, and went the correct route. Indiana Jones has always been a sense of adventure. And for one part of it, it didn't really feel adventurous from the standpoint more so of almost like a chase. First... 20 minutes it slows down and then there's like almost like a 10 to 12 minute chase that goes yeah. on way too oh my long God. it goes on which is like, another dizzy thing like everything's got a fucking car chase or some kind of chase in it now and i've said that several times and i'm like yeah i know i'm not going crazy I feel like every show every movie i watch sit down and go well we know there's got to be chase in there somewhere fit it in figure it out i'm just like i kind of don't need that but finally got away from it and then you kind of really figured out what Phoebe Waller's character was really doing with stuff. I'm going to be honest. I don't know much about her other than I know Fleabag was supposed to be really good. I never watched it. I, mean, I think she got awards for that. So that's how she became this big kind of it person in Hollywood. Get her to write stuff. Get her to do stuff. But her character really reminded me of the sister in Shang-Chi. It's like it almost felt like the same arc in a way. It felt like the mummy to me. That's what it felt like. I wasn't too sure with the whole dial, with the whole purpose of what it was going to end up. I like how they ended up kind of wrapping that whole thing up at the end because it was going on, so I started piecing together. So I'm like, oh, so that, is, you know, we're kind of like, okay. Appreciated that. I felt like it was the right send off. We don't need to do this again. I felt like if you want to continue Indiana Jones, then the right way, in my opinion, to do it would have been explore the sun thing more. Just pick a different actor. Just say he's a little bit older now. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a little shy. Yep. And basically yep. pass the torch to them and start a whole new thing of whatever name. Montana Jones. And kind of carry the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Nebraska Jones. I don't care. Like, and just continue it from there and give us fresh stories that don't have anything to do with Harrison Ford's Indiana Jones character. And so when you didn't do that, I'm like, all right, this needs to end then. This is not a let's explore this in 10 years and try to reboot this shit. It's a wrap. It's done. It's over. You brought in the old characters in their old age. Yep. John Reese davies in the movie. Yeah. We've had our send-off. Let's just end it. We don't need Wombat, as he called her. We don't need Phoebe Waller-Bridge to like, be some new version Wombat. of a treasure hunter. We don't need a series. Dude that hangs with her, just like Indiana Jones always had like a kid or something, kind of hanging around yep. him. Same Teddy. thing. Yeah. We don't need it. This is the perfect send-off to me to end this whole thing, wrap it up with a bow. It's done. Like I said, the movie was not terrible to me. I don't even think it was necessarily bad. It's like right in the middle. I would agree, because again, 
the consensus about this movie is that this movie is trash. It's going to lose Disney money. Yeah. And I would say it's not and that I bad. I didn't feel that way. I've said through much worse. Yeah. Um, I, I said through the Flash. The Flash is worse than this movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know I wasn't on that podcast, but that's a whole other rant. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I feel like Disney made about as best a movie you're going to make, given what this is. I mean, it's an 82-year-old Harris Ford, like Barry said. The de-aging at the beginning was spot-on fantastic. Yeah, they put that money because, into that joint. And uh, I could have watched a whole movie just that, ending technically on an adventure. I could have watched at least an hour and a half of that. Like, whatever that, that yeah, story that, was. That first 20 I still just say they, really really they should have just recast the damn role. Just treat it like James Bond. Everything now has to be nostalgia based. Like Barry said, the nostalgia thing, but it's also like, I don't know who asked for them to make live versions of all their animated movies. Your animated movies are classic for a reason. Nobody needs a live version. Yeah. I don't know anybody's asking for that. I don't need a live version of the aristocrats. It doesn't make sense. And you're steadily dumping your money into this stuff. And then when it doesn't make the money back, it goes back to the previous rant. Like, you're blaming the audience when, again, we didn't ask you for it. We just didn't. The Little Mermaid movie technically made some money. Like, whether it made his money back is questionable. But we don't need that. Live action version of Mulan. It's a live action version of Lilo and Stitch. Like, come on. Like, all you're doing is giving us the same movie over again. Live action version, Frozen at some point. <laughs> like, come on. I think I saw a post where they have like this whole slate of all these animated films that they're now making live versions. And I'm just like, again, yeah. nobody asked for this. Like, why are you continuing to do the same shit and just losing money? When and, and they don't you literally brought Bob Iger back to fix Developing anything from scratch. If you look at the Pixar stuff, I mean, Pixar just had a movie come out that has not done well. I mean, which you could bank on Pixar. I mean, they used to be that bankable. I mean, it didn't have to be Toy Story. It didn't have to be Cars. be like Monsters, Inc., but it was always Finding Nemo. It didn't have to be that. They had, but now it's like people are starting to see their formula where they always have the down in the dumps character. they unlikable, and it's like, well, nobody wants to watch that anymore. I mean, Disney needs to stop, really. Reaching back through the catalog about what can we do, and it's say maybe like a post-2016 where everyone has to go back through the back catalog and pull something out from the catalog that might want to watch or might want to think about. And it's just at this point, and again, this movie's not bad. A standpoint of James Mangold and Harrison Ford, completely competent movie. At the end of the day, it is definitely better than that Kingdom of the Crystal Skull one. Classic Indiana Jones, but it's just at this point, it's just kind yeah. of old and washed and like, why should we care about it? With everything else that is coming out. Tom Cruise is coming out of the movie. <laughs> Why should I care about this one, Disney? And you have to understand, Tom Cruise is coming for that box office. I don't care about Christopher Nolan. I'm supporting Tom Cruise. Oppenheimer might be great. Tom Cruise is greater. And Oppenheimer is definitely not going to beat out Mission Impossible. Like, I mean, I want to see Oppenheimer just from the standpoint of usually money no matter what. Cillian Murphy. To me, that dude's getting an Oscar at some point. He's money every film, too. Just probably. like Tom Cruise works with same directors, Christopher Nolan tends to work with the same actors over and over again. Absolutely. And he purposely shot this movie for a specific type of IMAX. The whole movie shot an IMAX camera to one, but it's a very specific format. And he said, you really want to appreciate this movie, you got to go see it in them formats. And 
I'm like, I would do that because I have great expectations because I know what this dude delivers. Now, I'm sorry. Even with all that said, you're not beating Tom Cruise that weekend. But you're the weekend after. You're still not going to beat him. It'll be two weeks for Mr. Possible. It still won't punish you. Mission Impossible multiple times. I just want to support Tom Cruise. <laughs> Barry, I'm already expecting I'm probably going to see it multiple times because I'm already promised people. I guarantee that movie's going to be fucking phenomenal. I don't see it being bad at all. There's no way because it keeps getting better and better. Well, Mike, what score would you give Indiana Jones? For seven and a half because, mm-hmm. again, I liked it better than Crystal Skull. Yeah, I know that's kind of high. But (laughs) I think it's the right I I think it's the right way to end it. And I thought it was solid. Like even Harris Ford A2 was still delivering what he had to deliver for the character. And I like I said, I thought the movie was good. I'm gonna give it a six. Again, that first 20 minutes is strong. And then kind of opens up into the Doll of Destiny movie. End of a Indiana Jones adventure, kind of that classic Indiana Jones adventure on to Dollar Destiny, there is a law, and then you kind of get introduced to Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character, and then that whole kind of manhunt chase thing goes on, which kind of goes on for way too long, but then vein of the mummy, where you kind of globe hopping to one area, the one area, the one area, that's kind of what I kind of got from that. Again, the movie is competent, but this is not something that I would come back to. I mean, again, James Mangold makes movies for me. Like, you made Logan, and you made the Wolverine. <laughs> but uh, I saw four versus Ferrari. I think I reviewed that for the podcast, but this movie doesn't mean anything. Lucasfilms has put out whether this does well or not. If it doesn't do well, people keep saying, well, this is the end of Kathleen Kennedy, or she's already out, or she's always on her way out. <laughs> whether this movie bombs or not, she'll still be employed. Because they're not going to let go of her. Because it would look bad. Whatever happened with the Acolyte? Did everyone leave? Something happened with that show. I think it's just rumor mills right now, man. It's just like people just talking trash. But, I mean, there's a lot of... What I understand is not filmed. I think they filmed filmed some of it. Not a whole lot. Um, It's not complete. Hasn't finished filming yet. My guess is that they've been looking at dailies. And are getting the sense that it's trash. And that it's not going to do well. And this has to do well. They've got nothing to subsidize their failures. Like, I think they ran out of the billions that they had from the first trilogies. I think that money's gone. And that goodwill is gone. I mean, plus, this iteration of Disney now is a little bit more cost conscious. Start shelling out billions of dollars, $300 million. They're not just going to do it, unless your name is James Cameron. But get to a point where, well, Lucasfilm specifically, where a lot of things aren't hitting. I mean, they did that Star Wars wing of Disney or like that whole Star Wars hotel. That's not doing well. Didn't that close or something? Willow didn't do well. Yep, this Star Cruiser thing, they shut it down. Yeah, they shut it down. Willow was trash. (laughs) It's like basically Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and Willow all the franchises that yeah, the franchise. they got nothing else. They got nothing else anymore. And Indiana Jones was specifically tied to an actor. The last movie, they've cemented it that it can only be done with Harrison Ford. They have nothing else. Nothing else to offer up other than TV. Star Wars movies got coming out in the pike. No one wants to see those things. Yeah. The interest is all negative. Like, no one wants to see that shit. It's supposed to be Takawa TV with a Star Wars trilogy. Once Thor came out, people hate him. Ryan Johnson, people already hate you. 
good writer and everything. Screwing with the TV shows and everything else. So, I mean, Ashoka might be okay, I guess. But uh, I think that might be done. Is that done, Mike? They finished yeah, filming. Yeah. But, I mean, Lucasfilm doesn't have anything else. It's not like Disney where they can start making live action movies of something. Like live action movies of the Star Wars cartoons or something. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing else for them. Disney is cost conscious right now. Whether it be ESPN, ABC, I mean, people are getting cut. Could Kathleen Kennedy get cut? Probably not going to happen. As much as people want to see that happen and Dave Filoni or John Favreau take over, it's probably not going to happen, at least in the next two years. I will bet on that. It's probably going to be dependent upon whatever the next Star Wars movie is. If that does not do well because they're basically bringing back Daisy Ridley, why? I don't know. People don't like you either, but it's probably going to be dependent upon that. And Lucasfilms is in a world of hurt. Solo did not do well. I think Rise of Skywalker made a billion, but... Did that make a billion? I think so. Made less than the movie before. Sequel Trilogy grossed over $4.5 billion. And I think this Indiana Jones movie almost cost about $300 billion, which means that they need to make at least almost seven, eight $800 million for this movie to break even. The marketing, they have been trying to market the hell out of this movie. I want to say Rise of the Skywalker was kind of in that 250 to 300 range. I think Solo definitely was in that 250 to 300 range because they had reshot pretty much. They reshot the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. it was the whole movie they redid. Like, Kathleen Kennedy, man, I don't know how the fuck. The same people that made Into the Spider-Verse and Across the Spider-Verse were responsible for Solo. Like, Lucasfilm didn't understand Lord Miller's directing style. That They looked at it and was like, well, what the heck is going on? This isn't Star Wars. It also might have been the main actor, Harrison Ford, teaching him how to be Han Solo, which is, like, uh-huh. sad. But they didn't understand it. They fired them, brought in Ron Howard, reshoot a bulk of the movie. It didn't do well. Into the Spider-Verse came out, which would have been that same year that Solo came out. So you fire the same people that are winning awards while your movie's trash. That doesn't make sense. Like, you can't keep putting out these expensive movies expecting a big return on it. The Force Awakens... It's over $2 billion. Rogue One made $1 billion. Star Wars Last Jedi made $1.3 million. Rise of Skywalker made $1 billion. Uh-huh. Again, less money, less money. <laughs> but all money. profitable the thing that's why they shift the blame to internet trolls misogynists and all the other stuff they're like this is why he's doing this because it's not our fault mm-hmm. but you look at the prequel trilogy episode one made a billion this was in 1999 two made 656 million dollars then episode three made 848 million dollars that's still in 2005 money that's 2005 which, money i mean which is still a lot of money it's the same amount of money. That's not even counting with now, George, like if, where he if a movie makes eight hundred fifty million dollars, I mean that is successful. In two thousand five, mm-hmm. that is like, yo, you were balling. <laughs> That's only half the money he made because all of these films backed up with merchandising. Yep, the merchandisers was selling out like the hotcake. You had games, you had fucking toys, you had all that shit was selling out. The new crop of shit, like this shit, is ridiculous. I don't. How the fuck are they making money off of this shit? They can't be making money. Two hundred seventy-five million dollars to make this Rise of Skywalker. 
you add that in third, so you say it's actually almost two, three times what it costs, like what the budget is cost is. So we're looking at what, what 500 million maybe? Mm-hmm. $600 million for in total? To break even, it's gotta make $600 million, and it did, so it made them $600 million. That profit margin just keeps shrinking over the course of you got to sit back and say what the fuck is going on indiana jones is not as bad the internet is making it out to be it's not that the internet is trolls but i guess some people really want to see kathleen kennedy fired including big mike that's the best game podcast. Namely me. <laughs> uh, let's see her gone <laughs>